All right, welcome to the Addicted Hunting Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about shed hunting. We've had a lot of people contact us uh, with questions on just getting started with shed hunting. Uh, they're kind of, I guess, insecure about the subject because they don't know. So we're going to touch on a few uh, beginner tips to get everybody started. And, and then we're also going to tell you some badass stories that we got. Yeah, we got some good stories. And... Hopefully, you guys can learn something from this. Uh, I'm Sean Keller. I'm Josh Handy. Andrew Thompson. Marlon Lefevre. And as always, guys, make sure you please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, all the different platforms, because when you leave us those reviews, it helps us get in front of more people, and we really want to get this podcast out to as many people as possible and try to influence the hunting community to, to do good and teach people and get more hunters out there. So share this out there. Please leave us reviews, comments. Give us feedback. We want to hear it. Even if it's negative, we don't care. Just yeah, comment. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. So let's uh, start from the source. So why do deer and elk shed their antlers? Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, um, but Hormones. it's because they feel bad for us and they want to leave gifts in the woods. Oh, exactly. That's the reason. Exactly. That's, that's the reason why they shed their antlers. So yeah. they... They're, you know, they feel for us like we feel for them. I thought it was scientific. Like, oh, no, or, I'll, I'll give the scientific. Or hormones yeah. or something like that. So what happens is as the testosterone depletes uh, in the animal over the winter, uh, essentially like the bone structure around the base of their antlers starts to deteriorate mm -hmm. and they drop their antlers. And we like to go pick them up because they're cool little... They're pretty neat. Yeah, they're People cool. always ask me, like, what's your drive? Like, why, you know, Cameron, like Cameron Black. Yeah, really so a lot of you guys, people out there, like, he, he just doesn't get it. Like, what's the drive to go out and try to find an antler? And I've thought about it a lot. Like, what is my drive for? And to me, it's like every time you walk up on, like, a big antler or even just a fresh antler or an antler in general. You get, like, a kid in the candy store. Yeah. It's like you just get this, like, cool feeling. Like, dude, I just hiked seven miles or six miles and I finally found one. I don't know. It's just – and then on top of that, every antler is unique. So that's my favorite part about shed hunting is that they're all different. Every antler, every buck that drops an antler, it's something different. So you get a, a new story of, like, a different buck every time you find one. Yeah, and that's – it's kind of cool to see, like uh, – <laughs> Not, not only is it exciting, but you also get to see, like, what, what style of bucks or how big bucks are getting in the area. You yeah, know? if you're tracking bucks or if you are if you got them on camera and stuff and you want to pick up their horns or you want to see how big they've grown that year. Yeah, absolutely, a scouting tool. Yeah. It, it is a scouting tool. And not only you're, you're, you've, you'll find bucks that you never even had on camera yeah. and <clears throat> that you never even knew about, which is super cool to me, too. So, Well, not only that, but... Like getting out there in the spring, like who That's everybody gets cabin say. fever. Like this is the first opportunity to really get out and stretch your legs and you know go do some hiking. It might be in some snow, but it's fun. Well, and it's a great way to stay in shape for hunting season. Yeah, I mean, it's the start. That's of, one of the things. It's the start I, of training for me. Yeah, that's one of the things I've always loved about it. It's like I feel like it's just a good, healthy exercise just to be out active, and then finding sheds is a bonus. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always am taking just pictures of the mountains and the scenery, and that sounds lame if you want to think it that way. But it's at the end beautiful. of the day, like I think it's amazing, and that's kind of what drives me for being out there. Like I don't. I, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, when I haven't found one, I'm pissed. But <laughs> at the same time, I remember I still like have the pictures and the memories from being out there that day, and it just makes me want to go even more the next time to try to find one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and when you're a diehard 
hunter, fisherman, you know, there's off seasons and off seasons are tough. And when you can fill in the gaps with getting out in the woods and doing something like shed hunting, it's a bonus to me. And you add all those factors in, it's an adventure. Uh, you're scouting, uh, you're getting exercise, like all these different things. And it's, it's a, it's a great little, and what's cool is you can take your family. I mean, you can do it with your wives, your kids. It's, mm-hmm. it's just awesome to get out there and spend time in the woods. So I think we should start, I think we should kind of structure this podcast. Are you guys listening? I think what we should do is talk about deer first, since that's what drop, you know, deer dropping and then elk drop later in the year. So I think we should talk about deer first. Josh, why, when I first originally invited you shed hunting, were you like, yeah, you know, cause you've been hunting for your Years. whole life, but yeah. you've never shed hunted. Why? You just never, just never really. No, honestly, I just never thought to do it. Like, just I was like, like, eh, yeah, that's cool, horns, whatever. But, I mean, it is, like, for me, mostly for me is because I'm just so, like, into springer fishing that when it's a good time to shed hunt, I'm usually on the river. Doesn't that um, seem like with everything there's there's always there's something, always something good with fishing on. when it comes to good with hunting? Yeah. yeah. Like, but I do, you know, like, when we first time we went shed hunting, I realized, you know, how nice it is to get back into the woods after you've been out of the woods for so many months. It's kind of like it breaks it up a little bit more so where I'm not fishing all the freaking time. Because that's why I hunt, to give me yeah. a break from fishing. And it's almost like hunting is like puts you in a different gear, in a different mindset. It's not stressful. And you don't Shed go nine months super... without spending any time in the woods. Yeah. And then you, you get out there exactly. opening day, a deer season or elk season, and you're like, oh my gosh. You're, yeah. You know, you're out of shape or whatever. So Yeah, for, that's a big factor too. I think it's just getting out in the woods and getting getting some feet or some miles under the boots is nice. Obviously. Yeah. I forgot one thing that, I mean, I personally don't do it, but... It can be profitable as well. Yeah, people, you know, buy and sell antlers. There are antler buyers out there, and I don't do it. I keep them for my own personal. You got to get really good and find a lot of them. I feel like to make money. But I mean, people in other states, and you know, there no for sure. There is there is a pro. I mean, you can be profitable. And I think elk sheds in particular, that's where you really can make some money is with elk sheds. Those sheds mean too much to me. I'm not selling them. I don't. I I don't. Never sold any of mine. So I've gotten rid of quite a few, like, old ones. Like, because, you you know, every year you find, like, last year, I mean, was a bad year for me. And I still found, like, 40 white, you know, just old sheds. Yeah. I considered it a bad year because I found, like, two fresh ones, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I always sell kind of the older ones off at garage sales and stuff or, or give them to my dogs or cut them up and give them. They're great dog chew toys, you know, if you can yeah. let your dogs chew on them. That's a, that's one thing that the dogs love them. Even yeah. if a dog's never seen an antler, if you it's cut a, a piece up and give it to them, yeah, they're going to chew it up. They love them. They decorate. Love them. <laughs> I just use it for decorations. I have yeah. a giant elk shed on my uh, kitchen counter and then the biggest deer shed I ever found is sitting on my coffee table. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So wait, 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 quickly. Wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to I – Let's let's start from the beginning. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So quickly, let's talk about like breaking it down for these people about how to do it. So people are gonna wonder like when do you start shed hunting, right? So deer generally don't start dropping their antlers till like mid January, but they, I've seen them drop as early as like the end of December. But it all depends on the year yeah. and the hormone. You know how the feed. Yeah, feed has a lot to do with it too. Every year is different. So deer will drop their horns from like say mid December all the way into March, and then elk are generally from like February to April. They drop a little bit later. Um, we don't start deer hunt or deer shed hunting until March, 
Usually, you know, Usually, yeah. if, especially like since if there's like a bunch of snow, like you don't want to be out there like pushing animals around no. when there's a bunch of snow and it's their wintering time. Like that's just a big no, no. Well, not only that, like when you find the deer, right, you find them, you know, they're in an area, you, you want them to drop their sheds in that area yeah, that you, you found them. You so don't want to push, them, push them, out out them out of the area. Exactly. Yep. And you know, on the West side, like when you're, you're shed hunting for like black tail deer, like there, we don't really get snow is no. bad over here in the wintertime. So you can really shed hunt for blacktails all year long. Yeah. You know, you want to do it in the wintertime when, like, the foliage isn't, like, blooming because you can see the sheds easier. You yeah. know, as soon as they get covered up, you're not going to find them. Right? That's all makes it off so to those guys. tough. Yeah. That's yeah. off to those guys that shed hunt, like, on the west, west side of us. Yeah, so, I mean, have you guys early. found any west side sheds? Like, and anyone out there listening, we're in Washington and Oregon in the Pacific Northwest. We understand there's a lot of you out there watching that aren't from the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking west side... We're meaning like the west side of Washington State or west the west side of, side of Oregon. Like coastal, yes. Basically. Yes, and coastal. the country over here is gnarly. I mean, it's thick. There's briar patch. I mean, it's, it's a it's, jungle. It's a jungle. really is. And so finding, and then blacktail, of course, they like to live in the most gnarly stuff they can find. So finding their shed is tough. Very. How many is. have you found, Sean? I've only found like three or four, and I don't shed hunt a lot on the west side. No. Um, I do it like when I'm out hunting, yeah, and I look mm-hmm. for them. And I that's found when old I, ones, but yeah. I've never found like super when they're fresh. white and easy to find. I found a yeah. pretty nice one this year during hunting season, but and I was stoked because like I just don't find them that often on the west side. But so last year, I'm like, you know, I was really into it. You know, the last couple of years, I got really into shed hunting, and I'm like. You know, right down the road from where I live, there's a state park that has a ton of deer in it. Tons of deer in it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to shit on the hell out of this. I'm going to go all over this park. I'm going to find them. Dude, I hiked all all over in there, all over the deer trails. I even jumped deer. Dude, I didn't find anything. It's so thick. Like, you would have to step on it. You would have to step right on it. You're just not going to find them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I found a so few tough. elk sheds, but I've only found maybe like two or three blacktail sheds and they were white yeah you got to work hard for blacktail sheds and there's guys that are really good at it mm-hmm. and your uncle a, yeah he is really good he he has a pile of blacktail horns and some really? like impressive ones like double main beam bucks like crazy bucks wow. and he i mean i go shed hunting with him at least once a year but we're normally looking for elk sheds mm-hmm. but uh anyway so we kind of want to touch on some like tips for beginners uh and my first tip is to know what the deer are doing when they're in between those months of where they're going to shed their antlers. That's number one is knowing where those deer are at. It's pre scouting. It's it's yeah. It's the same thing as scouting for hunting, but you're scouting for sheds and you're just keeping an eye on those deer all year long. Or you know, I I do it. I keep an eye on them all year long. But uh, knowing where those deer are feeding, you know what they're feeding on, you know their bedding areas. A lot of a lot of sheds you'll find laying in a bed, a deer bed, right I mean, next to it. Yep. Yeah, uh, right next to a bush they were eating on. Exactly, Fence and lines, all kinds of stuff. And then you you go into like uh, mule deer, you know they migrate, so you kind of have to key in on their migration patterns, mm-hmm. uh, and that varies from state to state, area to area. Uh, Sit behind your binoculars and, and spotting scope and just watch deer for a day. Exactly. If you want uh, the the biggest tip I got from someone when I first started was like I was like, dude, where do you find them? Like, the, it's so hard to figure out. Like, there's so many areas. The biggest and easiest way is go on your state WDFW or Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife or whatever state you live in and find where the wintering areas are. Find where the deer winter. 
or if they have their migration patterns. And most of the state websites have that information. You can find that information. They'll tell you where there are. There's even places where they feed them. Yeah. So if you want to find the antlers, that's the best tip that you can offer a beginner. With the with the feeding though, a lot of those a lot of those feed stations have a date that you are not allowed to go in there. Yeah, check your regulations. Check your regulations whether you're allowed to shed hunt or not in that particular area because there are a lot of closures to for for winter grounds for feeding to keep these. There and there's statewide closures. There's some areas yeah. that they just have areas that are closed down, and then, and then there's states that have a whole the whole state is closed down yeah. until a certain date. Yeah, to protect these animals in their wintering areas, which they yeah, you should. don't want to push mean, them around in, in them. snow and stress them out, and they're already under no, enough pressure. A exactly. lot of times they're they're starving. They're yeah, literally they're haven't eaten for a long time, so they don't want to use any energy. So, yeah. and if you make them use energy, that's a lot of times what will kill them. Yep. Yeah, we can go out. And on so we want to protect this resource, obviously. So just keep that in mind when you're going out shed hunting. Be diligent about it and don't push them around. Absolutely. Like we made an early trip this year, but there was no snow, and honestly, we didn't even see that many deer because they were all up high still. Yep, and that's the only reason why we did that trip yeah. early is because it was like. It there was felt no, like it was 70 degrees. There was I no, mean, it was, no it was, yeah. I remember we were all kind of getting nervous, like, oh, here we go, another shed year where all the deer drop up where we can't get them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, another tip that, I mean, this is pretty common, but for anybody that hasn't done any research on shed hunting is, you know, you think about wintertime, it's snowing. Well, the south-facing slopes get the less or the least amount of sun. So essentially, the, mo- the most. The most or I mean, I'm sorry, the most. They, amount they, of they, yeah, want to go with the least amount of Stay off them. Stay off them south facing yeah. Stay to the north side. I really like. They north, like the four feet of snow. North and east. <laughs> so they get the most amount of sun. So those deer are generally hanging out on those south facing slopes. Why is that? They're staying warm, and there's more feed there. There's more feed there. Yeah, because it melts faster. Yep. So that's something to keep in mind, but that's not a end all be all. Like, no, it doesn't mean that's the only place you're going to find. Exactly. And keep that in mind too, everyone. Like a lot of these tips, like I thought I had. There's been so many years where I'm like, yes, I have sheds figured out. I'm going to I'm going to get so many every year now. And you, it's just not how it works. Yep. There's years where you do really good, and there's years where it's tough. Well, they could be t- like like this year. They might have been traveling when the snow was falling, and they. I mean, your shed. There's probably a lot of sheds buried underneath snow right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you got to keep that in it's mind. Weird year. It was a very late, late snow. Late. Now you're giving up too much, Andrew. <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> Bleep that, Clint. <laughs> hey, shout out to Clint, everyone. If you guys are listening to this hunting podcast, we are trying to get these things back rolling and put one of these out for you guys every week. And Clint, our humble production assistant has been helping us do that and it's been amazing say thanks to clint and thanks so much for tuning in with us guys we appreciate you clint there was there was a couple months where we didn't have a, a podcast we didn't do a podcast yeah, it's a little snafu and yeah. things happened and but we're on track now so yeah. we're back rolling back in the game but back rolling. <laughs> another tip that i wanted to bring up sean is cover ground Hike, 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 hike. Zigzag. I'm notorious for just these people. They're like, I went shed hunting and I didn't find any. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, well, I went three miles. I did this loop. (laughs) Dude, three miles ain't going to cut it. Like, you need to do 13 miles. Like, that's just, 
you know, there's areas where you said, like, you can find certain places where they might be congregated. But, dude, just covering miles, I've just found that that's the most effective way. You could literally cover three miles and probably a mile and a half straight line by zigzagging. Just, oh, yeah. Just going back and – because that's how I do it. I mean, I just find an area and that's – I just beat it up. Just – I'd go down, come back over 50 yards, 75 yards, come back up. Go over another 50, 75 yards, go back down. And yeah. just cover that area – that's what sight. Tim said he was doing, right? He was kind of grid searching. Yeah, it. gridding or <laughs> just kind of zigzagging. And I'm so I need to zigzag more, but I'm Me more too. like I when I get out there, I'm out there to like adventure and just go like bomb around, and I just like to hike because it's fun to me. Well, if you have guys with you, you don't have to do it. like if you're if you're shed hunting in a group, like you can stagger yourself like we did and just go 75, 80 yards apart and just yeah. Or, well, we obviously didn't do that good a job. <laughs> Phil, yeah. Phil, Phil was nowhere near us. <laughs> but another thing, you're it's it's not much different than hunting. You know, find deer trails. Yeah, know? find where they're hanging out. Fresh tracks. You know, fresh sign. Follow deer trails. A lot of horns we find are right on right the trail. Off, right yep. off the trail. So keep that in mind. Um, like like I said, I need to get better at zigzagging and covering. Yeah. But I'll just get on deer trails and I'll bomb. And I'll just keep following them forever, and then I'll come back, and I'll get on a trail below there, and I'll follow it. And I mean, that—that's my strategy. It works, and good it's for productive. Me. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not productive. It's just the style. Of, I mean, yeah. Another thing to think about too is one thing you taught me is fences. You know, deer have to jump fences, and a lot of times, yeah. or they, go under. Exactly, and a lot of times when they go under it or jump over it, it knocks the antler off, and yep. so it's a you know you we've done good on fence lines, yep. fences, ditch lines, any yep. like change in in. Uh, topography, yeah. or, you know, any any like uh, uh, cliff edge or anything like that, you know, they jump off that and it jars their head enough and their their antlers will fall off. So yeah, I got one tip: look behind you. That's a great change tip. the change your angle yeah. because when you're walking and you're say you're walking uphill or whatever and you, you you got a whole different angle, but when you stop and take a look back, it could be a whole different angle. You could find it behind that bush that was just that you walked right by or that you Dude, didn't really take a peek literally, at. Literally, that one of the biggest sheds that I've ever found, which is this one, chewed up a little bit, but we were sitting there talking. We were talking for 15 minutes, standing in this spot, me and my buddy Travis. We're sitting there talking, and <laughs> literally, I turn around, and it was underneath, a, like a squirrel or something, we think, had drug it, and like drug, the antler was like all the way up underneath the tree that like this. Oh, was that with you? Yeah, yeah. And I looked back, and the thing was underneath the thing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, Sean, right here. He's like, no way. <laughs> yeah. We found, like, probably five or six horns in, like, within a 20-foot circle right there, yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. When you when you find sheds, I mean, start circling. Because chances are they're still they're going to be more there. Whether either the same buck or different or a different buck, because they like to hang together in the wintertime. Yeah. Yeah, those bucks, just like in the summer, they bachelor up in the wintertime. You know, it's like right after the rut. That's pretty much, unless it's a you young hang buck. hang with the bros. Yeah, they, unless it's a young buck, they, they come in and they breed the does, and then they're gone, and they're bachelored up again doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, tell us about your first antler shed hunting first experience. First antler shed hunting experience. <laughs> Josh is a very novice shed I'm hunter. retired. <laughs> went out on top. No, I just... I went with Marlon. That was probably was that my first trip. Yeah, two years yeah, ago, right? It was like my first trip going shed hunt with Marlon, and I mean, I've hunted in this area, so I know where we're going. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll probably find some sheds. There's a lot of bucks over there, and like we hop out of the truck and we're 
literally probably 50 yards into the woods, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, walk in. It was me, you, Travis Bishop. I'm walking, and I walk past it, and I look to my left, and literally – it was like God Dude. was like, because it's I'm in not the even middle. Kidding. There's this sunbeam coming down, and the sunbeam <laughs> is on the horn, and I'm just like, holy <laughs> sh! And Travis is like, what? And I'm like, I found a monster. He, I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, this thing is huge. And Travis comes over, and he's just like, are you kidding me? Dude, we were blown away. In all the years of shadowing, I've never seen an antler like that. Yeah, just, I've never found one that big. The thing is so massive, and we'll we'll post a picture of it or something, or maybe that'll be the cover photo for this yeah. for yeah. this uh, podcast. Did you get a the people with that them? follow us on yeah. social media oh, okay. have seen it before. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's the thing was so big and heavy that when he picked it up, there was an indent in the freaking ground where the thing was laying. Yeah. No joke. Oh, like geez. the thing is massive. Kind of bummed. It's like a seven point or eight. It's like eight, I think. Yeah, yeah it's got like eight points on it. Holy. It's, it's super thick. And it's we super heavy. I literally went back to that same area and I grid searched it with maps we and everything. Looked. Like I spent so much time in there trying to find the other side of that thing and could yeah. not find it. That's you think that thing probably fell pretty close. Somebody else might have found it because that was that's a heavy antler to be on yeah. one side of his head for very long of a distance. Yeah. No, he would have got that thing off. He, he would not have liked that thing on there. Yeah. The thing is, is that you know it could have fell in a bush, and that thing will sit there, and then it'll when it turns white, someone's going to find it, and yeah. they're going to be like, oh, "I'm going to well. find it this year." <laughs> That's the thing is, you <laughs> know, over lie. time, the sheds, you know, sitting in the sun and the the weather, they they turn white and they become way easier to find. The crazy sport when you're mm-hmm. looking for a, something this color in the woods, it yeah, blends into everything. Do it's that. tough. Yeah. Yeah. So the that's a, that's part a, of the whole this story. Is even a, this is a brown. Or this what is, was the craziest part? The of craziest part of this whole old. story is Marlon comes home and sends a picture to his buddy Bobby, and Bobby has this horn probably, what, four years prior? Three years, I think. Three years prior to yeah. this one that I have. I mean, it's the same buck. It has the same characteristics, the same buck for sure. Or same genetics. The guy said that he literally found it in the exact same area. Really? Yeah. So, so that's super cool. That's an old yeah. blazer. Well, that's just so Josh is retired. Yeah. Shut down. down. <laughs> going back spear fishing. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sure I'll get out a couple oh. times. Did you go with me ever again after that? I think we went a yeah, couple we times. Went a couple times. We found some fork and Nothing great. Nothing crazy. Yeah. No, but I will go again. I'm sure. Springer season might be a bust. You never know. No, you're gonna be spring seat fishing like a mofo Until this year. April. I already guarantee it. So yeah. we won't see Josh out in the shed hunting woods anytime soon. Good. Stay maybe, stay away. Maybe I ain't shed deer, and it's not a good year anyways. So. Yeah, it's a bad year, dude. <laughs> Another tip for you guys, make sure that you guys carry binoculars with you. You can cover way more ground with your eyes than you can with your feet. Yeah. And what I'll do is I will walk five, ten feet and I'll glass all around me. And even in thick brush you can pick out a tine and find horns. This is especially key for like elk shed hunting mm-hmm. uh, on the west side because... Are we going to get into elk now? Are we moving off a of deer? Don't get too Oh, no, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about elk. But it, make sure you have binos. It will save your feet a little... It'll probably save your feet a few miles a day. Well, tell the story Tim just did when we went this last weekend. So, yeah, we went, went shed hunting this last weekend and me and Marlon and Phil were just bombing doing our normal thing. I mean, we were kind of zigging and zagging, but we weren't really covering ground very well. And Tim disappeared for like hours and we're like, where did he go? We're sitting there eating lunch, waiting for him. And he had spent hours scanning this whole hillside, zigging and zagging and zigging and zagging. And we'd found a couple worms on that hillside, but 
his efforts paid off and he comes out with this a giant freshie and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we probably walked right by that thing. But it pays off when you cover ground like that, you know. I was talking the binocular story because you were talking about having binoculars. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah, so we literally were, so he, after he comes down with the this big antler, we're like, all right, we're going to go down into this. It was a pretty gnarly hike. Like, we're going to go down this hill, right? So we start going down. We get right to the edge of the trees and we're all just standing there at the edge of the trees, right? And we're all talking. He, while we're standing there, he has his binoculars. He pulls them up. Shed. And we're all standing there. I'm like, what? Literally, he pulled his binoculars up and put it right on the shed and walked down and found a fresh three-point just right in the oh, edge of the trees. Man, that happens. But it was his binoculars. You know, he was picking the ground apart and he freaking found one with his binoculars. So, yeah. dude, I've found quite a few with binos. I think the biggest thing is training your eyes, too. Training your eyes to scan and not scan that's, too far ahead. That's a trick. That's, that's a what trick. I was always doing when we first started. I was looking way too far ahead. So, and what you can do is if you, if you have a horn in your house, like say you're a beginner shed hunter, but or you have like an old buck that get uh, one from a buddy. Or yeah, if you can get one from a buddy or cut a cut a horn off of one of your old bucks or something. What I do is what I did when I started is I take the horn with me when I shed hunt and I throw it. Yep. So I could and then I could see it laying in the wide open or, or I throw it by a tree or like throw it behind my back and turn around and try to find the horn it'll train your eye we were doing those. that this weekend with tim's and we couldn't dude you throw that thing out there you could not find that thing <laughs> <laughs> they blend in so they blend in so good when they're brown dude. yeah when they're yeah. fresh they blend in so good it's just like for the little tiny characteristics like the points and yeah and just like the big, different i gotta shape. find one the big one that phil found last weekend he was walking on a hill and he just looked up and all he seen over like the rise of the hill was just the point sticking up like an inch of each point sticking up wow. that's all he's seen yeah so that's all it takes i mean just i mean and that i mean when you're shed hunting you're looking for that points that tip you points know? or the that curve. tip or this this is a key the bases are white so money. you know when you see that you know that's yeah. a shed giving away some yeah. real tips right now. I tried not to 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 focus on bases at all because a lot of times we're doing it in the snow and it really starts to jack with your eyes if you're looking for white stuff all the time. So I've tried to train my eyes to only look for like points and forks. And I'm not the other things a tip someone told me is stop looking for giants. Like stop quit training your <laughs> eyes to look for an antler like Josh's because then you're not gonna find anything. Like that giant thirty four inch deadhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quit training your eyes to find the, the fake monsters. deadhead we thought we found. The, the, you know? the pine bush or the pine the pine branches that looked like a thirty four inch deadhead sitting yeah. out of there yeah. in the snow. Uh, yeah, so throw a fork and horn out into the woods and train your eyes to find that. Well that yeah. one I found this last weekend was a tiny Tiny that was little insane. fork and horn. That's yeah. a small shit I've ever found. I was I was more stoked about that than finding a giant just because you found one that was like so small. <laughs> your How do you post a picture that? Because uh, it's scheduled. <laughs> it's scheduled. <laughs> I, I have the find of the weekend though. I found an ancient deer shed last weekend. It was so cool. Only like four inches of the like main beam was sticking out. You spotted that with your binoculars too, didn't you? Yeah, I spotted it with my binoculars and it was sticking out of the ground like four inches and I was just scanning with my binos. I'm like, that looks kind of shitty. Yeah, there was a little fork on the top. I'm like, no, a stick doesn't fork like that. I'm like, that's a shed. And I walk up and I just dig this thing out of the ground. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. That's so cool though. It's in great shape. How long, I mean, how long have has that been sitting there and how many people you think walked by that oh so many yeah i'm sure i i walked by i've 
picked up sheds the following year that I know for a fact that I've walked by that probably 20 times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where you guys went into that area we shed out all the time, and you guys found, like, 10 or something, didn't I you? Found, well, yeah. I found four. four. So crazy. You found three. All Phil found three. And it was all areas. I guarantee you, you guys have walked. Oh, yeah, we've walked right by those ones. Every and there, one of them. that one I found was a... That was that would have been nice. Lonnie's fresh. got that buck on his camera too. Does he? Yeah, I'm pretty positive. I've oh. seen that buck before. I seen the sheds, and I'm like, yeah, that's I know that buck. <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I wish it wasn't chewed up. I got to give it to Tim. Fix up. Yeah. That's another thing. You guys can like the whites. You guys can like YouTube repair them. You can repaint them. Yeah, you can stain them. There's a lot of different things you can do. Tim's got it down. Yeah. I'm gonna send a couple horns his way. Some of my big ones that have a little bit of chew marks on them and stuff. Yeah, just. I found a in. big set last year that was white, and I want it like colored, recolored, and that four point set. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a stud. Well, want to talk about? We, elk? Yeah, we talked a lot about deer. We covered a lot. I think we should cut. We should move over to the elk side of things. Yeah. So, uh, elk hunting is a little bit different. I personally enjoy elk shed hunting a lot more than deer, uh, just because they're way easier to spot and they're big and they're yeah. huge and they're, they're big. Giant. And, you know, when you find a couple elk sheds in a day, it's like you won the lottery, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but getting into elk shed hunting, I, I started when I was younger from my uncle. He kind of was, like, really into it. and I, So I started doing it. And I, I always wondered why I never found elk sheds when I was hunting. I'm like, well, if these things are everywhere, like, why did I never find them? But it's – I've actually found one during September – you saw that picture that Marlon sent you of that big seven that I'm holding? Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't find it. My uncle found that in September, and it looked like that still. That's crazy. Like, Was it West Side? Yeah. It, I mean, if it's sitting in the shade. If it's in the shade, if it's in the shade, and if it's under or covered with foliage, I mean, the chances are it's still going to look pretty fresh. Oh, it was, like, super fresh yeah. looking. Yeah. But with elk shed, I mean, uh, I try to key on alder draws. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, again, going the same thing with deer shed hunting, you're, you know, keying in on what those, those elk are doing at that time of the year. Feed, yeah. bedding. Alder draws, big open timber. I don't shed hunt reprod very much or elk shed hunt reprod very much just cause it's a pain. Um, but I have found them in that, uh, clear cuts. I found a lot of elk sheds in clear cuts. Um, they're kind of a pain to pick apart because every <laughs> single stick looks like oh, an elk yeah. shed. Yep. But that's one and place, like, if you know you in. have a herd of elk that's hanging out in this area, they're going to be feeding in that clear cut. That's an area where you need to grid pattern that whole clear cut. And you'll find sheds. Or, I mean, or right where you think they're going to bedding. I mean, if they're feeding in that clear cut, just go where, to, where they're bedding. Yep, exactly. So what makes an elk drop a shed so much later than deer? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. I just, it involves my mind. Because they, they're bigger. Sure. They hold their antlers. Yeah, right. No, but moose drop their sheds yeah. first, and they're way bigger than elk. Uh-huh. I, I don't understand why they hold them longer, but they do. And they grow them faster and bigger. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a wild, like, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. it's super crazy because they start growing them, like, instantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll I saw them. someone post a picture yesterday of a velvet freaking elk thing that was already grown his antlers. Yep. It's amazing how many inches they can grow in a few months. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it intrigues me that much more. Like, I just love it. It's nuts because they start at, you know, they drop their sheds and then 400 or 300 class bull grows that all within that time frame. Yeah. That's insane. They say that, uh, an elk can, and even, I think, I think this goes for elk and deer, but they can grow up to an inch a day. Yeah. 
So, no, no, it's more than that. It, it's so, it's, it's something, something crazy. like that, though. Yeah. But it's like those things are just like... <laughs> you can like put a time-lapse video and watch their horns grow in a day. Cool. That That's would awesome. be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, elk shed hunting, I focus on alder draws, clear cuts, uh, big timber, areas where you're going to be able to see. Um, if you want to get on your hands and knees and go crawl through reprod, like, no, thanks. That's where us west side I think guys. walking through clear cuts is even worse. Yeah, yeah. That, east that side of the state, or east side, east of the Cascades. I mean, you're still probably going to be focusing on south-facing slopes where there's where the snow melt is. Exactly, and i i don't sh I don't shed hunt much for like Rocky Mountains. We generally focus on Roosevelt. Right. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. Yeah, you just the same thing as deer. Find those south-facing slopes, pattern them, watch them. I mean, do your scouting. Go out there and do some pre-scouting. Find out where they're hanging out. Yep. What about you, Marlon? You're you've been getting into elk shed hunting lately. The last few years, pretty hardcore. Dude, just same tip I gave people in the beginning. Look, go online and find the wintering areas. Yeah. Because elk are even way more migratory than like. Yep. I've found that most of the areas that a lot of my big herds of elk live, they come down into the lower lands in the snow and they drop their antlers yep. low. So if you can find where those elk are at, you just got to know where they're at and go find them. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> and then shoot the people. Let's talk about one thing really quick while we're on the subject of elk because this is one thing that just absolutely pisses me off more than anything. And there's a lot of areas around here that are closed. Yeah. They don't open until certain dates. Yep. And there's all these freaking dudes that are sneaking into these areas. And stashing. Or, and or stashing or taking the horns or doing whatever. And it's like... Dude, not only are you having adverse effect on these elk, you're just making it so unfair for all of us that are playing by the f***ing rules. Yeah, bleep that effort. <laughs> but it's you true. Know? No, it's absolutely true. Don't go in there. Dude, it in, frustrates in me. areas, don't go in there early. Last year, dude, I'm walking into the area. I, Dude, I had been watching these freaking elk. I knew where they were at. I'm like, I'm going to do good this year, you know? Yeah. I park in my spot. I start to walk in. And it's like just now getting light, right? Like, just now getting like some guy comes he he's walking out and he's literally has like 15 sheds and they're all like and, I, and i'm like man you did good for it not being light out he's like yeah i got in here and just came in in the dark and started flashlighting around and i'm like no <laughs> right. you didn't and, and I you were probably to, there opening day it was opening day yeah, yeah. it was the when exactly. the season opened it was opening yep. morning he's so trying he, he stashed them he had gone in there early and snatched them it's like, dude, it just, I wanted to fight that guy. I was so <laughs> mad, you know, because it's like, I put, I felt like I put in the effort to do it right and legally, and then here's this guy that just, yeah, he put in a lot of effort too, but he's like, he just made it, he ruins it, just ruins it. Yeah. And what people are going to really be pissed is when they just close those areas completely. Exactly. And yep. that's what's going to happen for you dudes that are out there sneaking into these areas. Eventually, they're just going to say, guess what? No one gets to shed on them. Yep. Yeah, because they open. They, they they these are state managed areas, and they can close them at any time. Yep. They can say this is a wintering ground till hunting season, and they can allow no access in there. It, and uh, and that's what I fear. I think a lot of us fear that, you know. And I see a lot of people getting mad when these, you know, the you see the game department starting to put like trackers and antlers and stuff. And I'm like high fiving them. Do that. <laughs> Wish they would if regulate you're it more. Gonna be illegal, then guess what? Pay the consequences. Yeah. You know, let's just play all stupid to it. games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So 
if you guys are listening out there and you can have any effect on trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, please do so. Tell people, turn people in if you see people in there sneaking in because I'm going to turn you in. And I'm going to tell you what, I have my own trail cameras in there now in areas where these spots are. And if I get a picture of you, you're getting turned in. So, <laughs> As you should. Period. My, my uncle has done the same thing and he has the same issues. You know, he watches the elk that he, over where he lives. And, you know, it's one of those areas where you can't go until... May or April 1st. I can't remember the date. It's May 1st. Yeah, May, yeah 1st. It's May 1st. And he's turned guys in, but the Department of Fish and Wildlife doesn't really do anything about it. I mean, I, I know they're, they're strong. I think they're getting more strict with it nowadays. I mean, just with. But when you turn them in with evidence, they're screwed. Yeah. So Whether if, you got a, if we got a picture of you or a video of you doing something illegal, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. So just. You know, play by the rules. Well, just to clarify, you said you have a camera in there. Obviously, you put that up well before. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's areas. Just because I know that's going to be a, a comment or a question. You can go in there and do all sorts. There's just certain times a year it's not open. Right. Yeah, I think it's like six months or something yeah. out of the year. Or maybe not even that. Maybe it's, it's not like even six months, months. Four months. Yeah, I think it's not. January. Yeah, January through May. Yeah. Or, yeah, February through May, something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Just be a good Samaritan and do the right thing. Yeah. That's what we're trying Everybody to advocate. Go, and it's, you know, like these areas that aren't open till May, you know there's tons of sheds in there. It could be a super cool opportunity to bring your family, your kids, you know, go out there, have a really good time. Everybody's going to get sheds. Why do you got to, why do you got to, you feel the need to go get them all? Yeah. People are greedy, but whatever, we'll still keep doing our thing and we still find sheds. And, we still yeah, and I still found there. nine yeah. sheds that day. Yeah. You know, so I, it was still good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's frustrating, you know. People get the the easy ones, mm -hmm. the window liquor yeah. ones. <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to talk about a funny story. This We had a day we went shed hunting, uh, elk shed hunting this last year, and we were planning on doing a pretty crazy hike that day. And this day was crazy for two reasons. For one, Ben brought his son, Lane, and... That kid was a trooper. Yeah. He was hiking in some gnarly stuff in muck or rubber boots. Or was yeah. it rubber boots? It was Romeo's. Romeo's. You guys were on miles that day. Oh, yeah. Spent, like 14 miles that day. 14, 14 miles that and day. And a half miles. And he like didn't even complain one. The These were not easy 14 miles. Yeah. These were like the worst 14 miles of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Except Lane, like every time you turn around, he's like, hey, can I have some of your water? So like he drank like half of my water <laughs> that day. But uh, anyway, so... We wanted Lane to find his first elk shed, so we found a couple, and we're hiking, and me and Marlon stop, and I think we're eating a granola bar or something, and I'm like, oh, there's a shed right there, and Marlon's like, where? And I'm like, I can just see the tine sticking out of the grass. It, this shed was completely, like, buried. I can just mm -hmm. see one tine sticking up, and I just thought, like, it was maybe a little raghorn bull or something, and I had seen Lane coming over the hillside, and right for it. Oh, yeah, and we're like, Lane, just keep walking. <laughs> we have this all on video. Yeah, I saw that video. It's and Lane's walking, and and he's literally like doing circles around this horn, and you cannot see. It. We're like, <laughs> Lane, it's right in front of you. <laughs> and it is probably my most favorite video that we have. Dude, it is it's epic. hilarious. And then he grab, he finally finds this thing, and he grabs it, and he yanks it out of the grass, and it's like a really nice five point shit. And I'm like. Damn, that thing was... was I couldn't believe it. it was uh, my reaction was priceless because he pulls it out and I'm like, whoa, I didn't expect it to be that big. I know. <laughs> but the look on his face was all worth it. It was super cool. And then he carried that thing out of there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. On his shoulders? Yeah, he's a trooper. I, guess sure. freaking, I mean, his dad helped him a little bit, but he, dude, he's, that kid's going to be a savage. Oh, yeah, soldier. he's going to be an animal in the woods. But anyway, so we we put on a lot of miles that day. Uh, we ran out of water, all of us. We all ran out of water, and for some reason, we didn't. Any, none of us had our water purification filter our filters in our packs. I don't know why I always have, I always have it on me, but we didn't. And we got to where we had to like do a death hike over a couple ridges and we were all beat and dehydrated and we're coming out of this Canyon and people start cramping up. Like everybody's lagging pretty hard. And we, we ended up, we just started drinking water off the side of the hill. We're like, if we get beaver fever, like whatever, like, I don't care. I'll deal with it tomorrow. But it was bad. And then Marlon, you can, you can. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, I was jacked. I'm not going to lie. That was probably some of the gnarliest hiking I've done. And it was all my idea. This is all my plan. (laughs) My, like, I'm doing this. We're going to find so many sheds. And I did it. I was fine up until we started climbing that hill. And then, you know, I was getting tired. I was cramping up, but I was fine. And then we started climbing that hill and I just pushed myself way too hard and sent my body like into shock, like to where it wouldn't even move. Like I was, I started puking, like throwing up, getting super dizzy, like head spins. And Phil like is like, Marlon, just lay down. I was like shivering, like uncontrollably could not stop shaking. It was scary. I, I, I went in, I don't know what I did. It was like shock, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened, but basically I laid down and Phil put his, I went freezing cold, which I shouldn't have been cold. Like we were all like so hot because sweating and like hot. And I was like freezing cold. Like anyway, I laid down and Phil put his jacket over me and I just basically laid there for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And, Cause we made it to the top and we didn't hear or see you guys for like an hour and we were getting worried, you know? Yeah. And cause we were ahead of them we were trying to get up to the truck and we were going to get waters and bring it back to everybody and marlon and phil were nowhere to be found it was yeah crazy so phil stayed with me and basically nursed me back to life <laughs> <laughs> i mean i basically just laid there and you know i tried just closed my eyes and just tried to like let my body calm down phil helped me a ton and then i just started feeling better and then as i started hiking the hill again you know phil was like right by my side the whole way like helping me up the freaking hill he's such a good dude but then once i got up top you know and I, I think I felt like once Phil like calmed me down and then I took my time up the hill the rest of the way, I was fine. But I definitely like just pushed my body to somewhere it shouldn't have been pushed to. And that's another thing you guys need to keep in mind. Like prepare for the worst. Like make sure you have plenty of food. That's what I was going to say. Plenty Start of water. You bring this, with you. this type of season you can get into a lot of snow. Yep. I mean, bring bring some layers and, and some snow and rain gear if get you have some to. Layers. Make sure you bring a compass. Make sure you bring like, you know, your GPS yeah. or Onyx. Like that's i was kind of drawn into this story like with marlon like so we go on this hike and i'm running my onyx on my it's not my current phone but my older phone and i know the battery's not great and i'm in the back of my head i'm like i think i have my compass in here and the area that we're like hiking in is like you can get turned around like i have a pretty good sense of direction Mm -hmm. but everything looks the same and like we're walking walking i'm checking my onyx checking my track and i'm like marlon's gone like, I don't, I don't know where he went. Like, typical Marlon's just like, boom, he's gone. Uh, 10% battery. About that time, my Onyx dies. Oh, no. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going back. And I start to go back, and I'm like, none of this looks familiar. But I don't have my compass, so I don't know. Like, I know which way to get out, but I don't have my compass. 
So just a learning lesson. Don't always rely on electronics. Make sure you have a compass with you as well, even when you're just shed hunting. Yep, that's a great tip. Yeah. And I, what else? Like have some food, like bring some dry food or some snacks. Dude, one of those filtration things is a must. Like, yeah, that, that, does, a, that does not leave my pack. Like that's, that's what was that's so one thing about. that I never leave. Like I never take that out of my pack because no matter how much you how much water you think you have, say your buddy forgets water and you're giving him half of your water, you're going to need to refill. I mean, yeah. I, I've ran into many situations where we've had to use the filter. Well, that instance was so rare because, like you said, I never take mine out of my pack. Yeah. Like, I, there's certain things I leave in my pack, and I cannot believe I didn't have it. And, like, Cliff hunts a lot. Like, Ben hunts a lot. I can't believe none of us have I, water I, filtration systems. Or like, drops or anything. Yeah, we didn't have anything. And it was like, that was a huge learning lesson, I think, for all of yeah, us. Yeah, like, absolutely. To be better prepared. Yeah, when you're out there. Up, and, not, and we learned that area, too, not to go in and out the way we went in. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's easier ways in and out. Yeah. It was it was worth it though, like dude. It was blast. fun. We found like seven nice sheds or yeah. six nice sheds, and we scaled. Me and Phil scaled a waterfall. It was fun. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I just make sure you have good boots. Maybe a change of socks, compass, something to start a fire if you have some to. layers. Just one like of those fire basic, sticks. That's basic another survival that's, stuff. I mean, I hate to go on a tangent, but that's one of those things that I. Another one of those things I keep in my pack all the time is just one of those fire sticks. Yeah. Instant fire starter, like. Or bro, I'm an I'm, I'm an evil scout, dude. <laughs> what just level? a couple like what level? <laughs> I'm literally an evil scout, the highest you can be. <laughs> He's tuning his horn right now. I always have cotton balls, cotton balls so and vaseline. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if those are an easy changer, man. Yeah, yeah. Fire, yeah. Right there. fire stick, something to make fire because this time of year the weather can change on you pretty fast if you're up in the mountains, like yeah. where where we're shed at, and I mean. The clouds rolling by. Weather weather can move in really fast. Yep, absolutely. And that happened to me in last year mm-hmm. where we were shit hunting. It was a nice sunny day and all of a sudden started Blizzard. snowing on us. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But it's just, you know, just be smart. Anytime you go out in the woods, you should be prepared. Like, right. not just shed hunting anytime because you just never know. Just your simplest hike. I mean, just be prepared. Yeah. Anything can happen. Well, and like, and, I, and you guys have heard me talk about this in other podcasts, but I invested in one of those inreaches. Mm-hmm. And it's got an SOS button, and I can text via satellite. So if I get into a sticky situation, like I can get help. That's pretty cool. And they're, I think they're well worth the money. It, it's a GPS too, so you can. I mean, most of us use our phones anyhow, but your phones die. And uh, the battery sure. on that GPS lasts for like a external week. Charger every day. Yeah. yeah. External chargers are game changers. Especially if you're running a yeah. phone as you're... I think we need to do a whole podcast on the stuff that you're talking about right now. No, I agree. What Just, yeah. you, We need to tell people like what we use in our packs and what you guys like bring like that you think like necessities. Yeah. We so will, we should definitely do that. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. All right, guys. For So for you beginners out there just getting started in shed hunting, uh, hopefully these tips helped you out. Uh, definitely keep in mind that you're still going in the woods. Yeah, you're, you're still going in the woods. Be, be prepared. Yeah. I hope that these tips are were helpful for you. And let us know what you hopefully find. Hopefully, get some of you guys out there looking for shit. Yeah, if you guys find any, I mean, let us know. No, it's all right. You guys can just stay and look at my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, get out. It's fun. It's a blast. It's a good time. And make sure that you please hit that subscribe button. Yes. And all you YouTubers out there, we're filming these now. Yeah. We're going to try to make these a lot more immersive. Try to bring antlers in. Bring, like, bows in for you guys to look at and show people. And 
hopefully make this podcast a lot more immersive in the coming weeks. So make sure you tap subscribe button because we got some cool stuff coming. And this I think we got is for you guys. Coming. Yep. I think we got oh, a new studio. Sh- Always telling people too much. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for following along. We hope we were helpful for your next shed adventure. Get out there. Thanks, Do guys. It. Thanks, Get guys. Hashtag no rich names. Ha, 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 ha.